Hello, 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 everyone. Settle down, settle down. We have, we have, we have, a, we have a new bill to, to, to propose today in the Houses of Commons. Um, um, now, um, I, I, does someone want to run us through this new proposal? I know it's all been handed out to everyone. My right honourable colleague is correct. We plan to introduce a new bill whereby everyone will be forced to stay up to date on each other's week. And on top of this... They will insist on them using silly voices, making up goofy skits, and and having played, watched, and listened to things. Indeed, these things must be done on a weekly basis, and we must be keeping, making sure that the nation keeps up to date on what each other are doing. Um, now I, I I believe we should we should all vote on this. So it's time to vote on the Queer and Pleasant Strangers Act of 2018. Order, order, order. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Day, and I'm not Jane Harris Magnet, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where me and Jane talk about our weeks and do silly voices and generally just try and make each other chuckle slightly. How Pretty are you much. doing this week, Jane? Oh, oh it's, it's been up and down. Oh. Lots of anxiety and stress and stuff. Uh, but I've had a couple of days worth of L5-hydroxytryptophan and now I'm feeling generally alright. Huzzah, hooray, yay for things that help the brain make the chemicals it needs to make to be okay. More serotonin, please. More. Oh, all of the serotonin. Serotonin's good <laughs> chemical brain, thank made you. Made of all of it. We don't want to get the syndrome. Oh, indeed. We need we need a good amount, but not all of it. The correct amount of serotonin, please. <laughs> Just yeah. some occasional yeses in a sea of no's. I, I've had a very similar week this week. It's we've we've both been in sort of just like a everything's a bit on pause couple of weeks, and I mm. think we're both getting a little bit stir crazy of like everything's Surrounded on pause. We've done the things, but we can't do more things. What we do? Yeah, we uh, we were over prepared, too keen. Oh, indeed, and I'd 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 always rather be over prepared. Like, I'd rather this thing where I'm just like, I got everything ready too early, I have, have nothing to do for a few weeks. I'd rather that than, oh my goodness, it's the last minute and I need to sort everything and nothing's sorted. Yeah, that's fair. It's its its own different kind of stress and anxiety, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But it's we fine. We'll soon we, be sorted. Indeed, we're all <clears throat> muddling through and everything's fine. So, what have you done <coughs> this week to try and stave off the ahness of the brain? There... Um, well, we we'll, I guess we'll start with what we what we've played, yeah. We always start with what we've played. So why we break do. the habit? Why break the routine? Routine is good. Yeah, it's true. I do enjoy a good routine. D- d- if you and I were standing at a salad bar and you weren't really feeling it, I would say let us leave. <laughs> were you just looking for an excuse to to, to share that joke? <laughs> Look, I. I thought about it this morning and now it's stuck in my head <laughs> i i i've been chuckling i've been chuckling very similarly <laughs> this, this morning about the one i sent to you um yes when we are tired together oh yes when we are tired together um we will I, co-exhaust we will co-exhaust that's it i i, I keep <laughs> thinking of it and my brain just went i was like yeah when, when we're both tired together we can co-exhaust he 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 ah so yeah, what have you been mm. playing this week, Jane? I started playing Bravio, Ra, 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 Rabio plus Mabids Kingdom Battle. Because Ra, Ra, everything Rabio is a crossover. Plus Mabids. 
Ravio plus Mabbids. Yep, that's, I'm sure that's what it was called. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a, yeah, obs- yeah, yeah. it's a pretty obscure game and I've yeah. never really heard of it. It's not like I've yeah. got a tattoo from it. Not something anything. you'd be involved in at all. No. So for anyone who for anyone who's not aware, I have a bit of a history with Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle because about a year before it was officially uh, um revealed, I was like, "Hey, Mario is going to be in a game with those like minion type rabbit characters that Ubisoft has." And everyone was like, "No, nah, that's not a thing." And then it was a thing, and that was a very weird year for me. And now you have an adorable Lobois capers. Indeed, which is very, very cute. So it's one of my yeah, favourite how... tattoos that you have. <laughs> it's it's a very cute one, but yeah, how are you getting on with, with the Mario and Rabbids? Um, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I have when I've previously tried. You, you've um, previously, previously like I... jumped into other people's files, haven't you? Yeah, I had um about sort of ten, fifteen minutes on one of your saves with it. Um and I was like, No, it's not for me. It's... Um, I think I've, tr- I've tried on somebody else's game as well, and I was like, no, it's just a, one of those XCOMI tactics games that I'm just I don't have a head for. But I, I started from the beginning, and I, I'm up to about uh, nearly at the end of chapter two. So okay, so you're, get- you're getting up towards sort of like halfish way through, I think. Oh wow, okay, it's quite short then. I, I think it's I think it's four primary worlds. I think. Okay. But they they definitely get a little harder as they go. But like, I I think mm. it definitely benefits from being played from the start because like, you know, it's not hugely plot rich or anything. But I think that it does a really good job of like very gradually introducing you to mechanics in a way yeah. that like if you play from the beginning, it's not nearly as daunting as it is if you jump into the middle of it. Mm. Well, especially since I think one of the one of the levels I tried on yours was one of the uh, then brand new uh, challenge levels oh yeah no like no a billion versions of all the bosses i've i've finished that game and i still can't do those dlc challenge <laughs> things they're in wow. they are they are a bit ridiculous i didn't buy the dlc so i don't have to worry about that <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it it's it's got a nice art style i feel really bad for um spawny because oh, they yeah. look so scared and and bowser jr is exploiting and and they just look so terrified yeah. and everything. So for anyone who's not played this like there is basically a rabbit that like with against its will accidentally becomes the villain of this game. It kind of gets this headset that corrupts things stuck to it and it can't control the fact that it is corrupting the world around it and it's really sad because this this rabbit clearly doesn't want to hurt anyone but can't really help it. It looks constantly terrified. I know, it's so sad. And then distressed when the the headset thing sort of <laughs> fires. Yeah, there's there's a few like mechanical things about this that that I really like in that game. I really yeah. enjoy the sort of like you can either dash like the the mechanics where you can dash through enemies to do like melee mm. damage, or you can throw your partners to help them get further. Mm. Um, I I really like the implementation of things like pipes and how they take some of these like Mario staples and find cute ways to put them into the the game world. Yeah. And then I think the last thing is I just really like the the percentage the way they handle percentages for whether things will hit. Mm. If you're in range and you can totally see something guaranteed hit. Mm-hmm. If it's hidden behind a full wall, you can't hit it at all. If it's a half wall, you've got half a chance of hitting it, half a chance of not. It's just like a relatively simple set of things that makes it like fairly easy to work out what to do. 
And I like it because it's got rabbits in it. And rabid peach is particularly good. I was never a fan of the rabbits until this. And honestly, they have really grown on me. I played a huge amount of uh, rabbits go home uh, when I was mm. uh, basically looking after my downstairs neighbour in my old flat and um, her little boy. Mm. And uh, basically she would play main character and I would play player two, where all you have to do basically is shake the Wii remote to make it do the uh, cocking a shotgun noise and then <laughs> you can randomly fire at uh, enemies on screen, pick up stuff. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a vague co-op, but uh, not. It's more like you've got your little, your little sibling on on and yeah. um, playing together rather than actually, you know, proper uh, gameplay. Yeah. But it was just like a, a nice experience at sort of a, a good time in my life. So and I've quite enjoyed the the different rabbits in that. And then obviously at, at that time, the Facebook page for rabbits used to have loads of really interesting rabbits and I, I guess by now you've dug through them all on um, Instagram to find do that particularly awesome article about um, <laughs> trans rabbit peach yeah so one of the things I really like about about Mario plus rabbits is that they, they've done some really fun stuff with just like subverting existing characteristics in the way they, they put together these like rabid versions of the Mario characters mm. but my favourite thing my, my favourite character in this whole game is rabbit peach who is just like wonderful and lovely and I love them they are sassy and and selfie taking and very proud of themselves (laughs) and I wrote a thing back at Let's Play Video Games about how I am pretty convinced that if you go look at the Rabid Peach um, Instagram account which originally was just a Rabid's uh, Twitter uh, Instagram account that didn't have Rabid Peach branding on it I am pretty convinced that canonically Rabid Peach is meant to be trans and I love love them for it I love Um, that theory yeah, I the, totally headcanon accepted. The, the short version of the theory is the game was in development for about three years. This Twitter account existed for about three years. It starts with traditionally masculine presenting Rabbit, who jokingly introduces femininity a few times and pulls away. Um, there's one particular comic that is like, during the week, mask presenting, weekend, femme presenting. Um, and as you get closer and closer to the launch of Mario and Rabbids, it starts introducing more and more of these teasers that are like, this is one continuous rabbit we're seeing on this account, and they're going to start exclusively presenting as femme, and ah, here's Rabbit Peach. Yay. And I, I'm still very proud of that silly article. It's a brilliant article, <laughs> and everyone should go and find it. Yeah. So yeah, Mario plus Rabbids. I'm not usually into those kind of like strategy, x RPG things. Mm. I really liked that game. Yeah, I, I've looked at things like um, XCOM and stuff, but it's it's never really, never really worked for me. So I was very hesitant, like a year's worth of hesitant for uh, Mario Plus Rabbids. But you know, I finally caved and tried it, and I'm enjoying it. So this is good. Yay! What have you been up to? Uh, so a very quick update on Pokemon Go. I completed my 151 original Pokemon Kanto Pokedex this week. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> so I think I think both of these have happened since we last recorded. Um, I managed to catch a Mew. I, I did the, the quest to go get a Mew. The thing that was the most difficult was finding a Ditto. I kept yeah. like getting updates about where Dittos were in my local area. <laughs> running to get them, missing them, going home. I accidentally caught one on the way home from a Ditto that I missed. <laughs> 
after that was like, hooray! And... I did, I thought it could get away, but you tracked it down. Exactly. Uh, it was hiding <laughs> as a different Pokemon in a different place, but I accidentally found it. Um, and then the Mewtwo raid that I got invited to, I went along to that, and I I went and like pumped lots of stuff into the gym so that the gym would be my colour, so I'd have extra chances to catch it. <laughs> and I caught it on the last Pokeball possible, so... You, you just lots about... of things into gym. <laughs> Just about managed to get my my Mewtwo, so huzzah! Yeah. Just in time to go explore new places. Congratulations! There's an article about that. Everyone should have a look at. Indeed, everyone should go to Kotaku UK and read the article that's like somewhere near the top about about moving moving away from home and completing a Pokedex. So yeah, what what about you? What else have you been playing this week? Oh God, I played Doodle God. Tell me about Doodle, Doodle God. Piece of shit mobile game with very nice graphics. Um, I have purchased a few humble mobile bundles in my time, and uh, I decided to to give some of them a whirl because basically all I play on my phone at the moment is Sudoku and threes. Uh, so I thought, you know, I've got some of these games. I'll give it a go. Most of them that I've tried so far have been shite, but let's give it another whirl. And I tried Doodle God, and it massively drains my battery, so it was horribly optimised, whatever else. And it's essentially rub A on B and make C appear. Uh, so you start off with your basic elements, earth, fire, earth, fire, uh, wind and water, and you mix them together in various ways. So you might mix um, fire with stone to make lava, and then, um, uh, like... You might you eventually you start to make things like plants. If you mix plants with fire, you'll get ash, and eventually you create all the elements that create all the things in the world. And many of them make sense. Like if you mix poison with human, then you will get corpse. If you mix uh, blood with human, you will get vampire. Um, and some of them are absolute horseshit. Like if you mix grass with vodka, you will get absinthe. That's that's not quite how that works. No. Is it because it's alcohol but green? I don't know. If you mix computer with computer, you get internet. I I suppose that makes sense. That is basically what the internet is. It's a series of computers. I guess, but yeah, it's it's not a good game. No, it sounds it sounds weird. My my basically my my quest to find a good mobile game is is rem- continues to be not there. You should play a bunch of Pokemon Go with me. I used to play Pokemon Go and it didn't entertain me very much and drain my battery. Oh no. Well, that's a shame. I'll keep playing it for the both of us then. I'll just have to be twice as much of a Pokemoner. Yep. And and, and I I love that you love that game. But it is not for me. (laughs) That's fair. It is not for a lot of people. Tell me you played something better than Doodle God, please. Uh, okay, I won't talk about the game I was going to talk about next, then. Um, I <laughs> will talk about... Uh, I, I started playing the new God of War, and Ooh. I've not played very much of it at all. I, I sat down and started playing and went, you know what? This seems pretty great. I'm going to put this on hold until like we're settled in like with where we're moving and stuff, so that like uh-huh. I, I can just like sit down and like play it in a new place. What I've played of it so far really caught me off guard. Um, okay. So I've played the original trilogy of God of War games, and uh-huh. they are fun, 
but they are basically, you are big angry god who's really angry about things. Mm. And the only way that you want to solve any of your problems is to go murder every god that's ever existed, regardless of whether they were directly involved in what happened or not. You just kill them all. And, and then Kratos became a daddy and well, pretty much. lost his edge. So, yeah, it's go murder like all of the Greek gods. Every Greek god is dead. There are no more Greek gods to kill. Are you still angry, Kratos? Stop being angry. Stop stabbing things. It was. Mm. It plays very well, and it was very visually impressive. But like that was kind of what there was to it. And yeah. the new God of War feels the closest game I can compare its tone, at least initially, to is something like The Last of Us, mm. in that it feels Ooh. like they've completely just like redone this character, and they want to tell a story about like a. A sort of slightly slightly difficult but trying to be built father-son relationship. And okay, yeah. the way it's written is really like touching and interesting. And I, I find the the interactions between Kratos and his his son very like very believably written. Hmm. Uh one of the things like visually I think stunning about it is um so far there's not been a single camera cut in the whole game. Um, I've heard something and, about this. Yeah, apparently this is the case for the whole game. I went and had a quick Google, and apparently the entire game, no camera cuts. Um, so this is the Birdman of God of War. Yeah, so all of, as, as far as I'm aware, all of the cutscenes are in-engine, and because of this, they basically go from gameplay, they move the camera into the right position and then do the cutscene, then move it back to the position for you to keep playing. The camera never has, like, a cut. It's just one long, continuous thing. There's no, like, here is the bit where we're going to skip and load to the next thing. It's, It really helps it feel like a single, connected, consistent world. Mm. There's no, like, trickery of, oh, and then tomorrow they, they were considerably further ahead in their journey, and now we're doing that bit. It's, no, it's just one big journey. I suppose that's fine as long as you can make the journey interesting. Yeah, and so far it has been. So far it has been here is a justifiable reason for them to go on this this quest and here is a believable, interesting father-son dynamic and a really a really fun, like, fluid combat system and I'm really enjoying this and I kind of want to just, like, put it aside and be like, no, I want to play this all in one go over, like, a couple of days or something. Hmm. So okay. yeah, I've really enjoyed what I've played of it so far, and I'm I'm very excited to just settle down and really dig into it. What about you? Uh, I started playing The Way Remastered. Oh, tell me about that. It's it's um it, it sort of dumps you into the middle of uh, plot without what what is it in media res in media res um, yes. So. You, as far as I can tell, your character has lost their partner. Um, not physically. They, they still... They basically start the game by digging up the corpse. Okay. Uh, dra- dragging it home. Right. Uh, d- taking it to uh, a lab that they uh, do work in or used to work in. And uh, shove them in uh, your partner in some kind of tube... And then you steal a spaceship and a gun from your work and go off to this other planet where this life temple is. Um, 
that's where I've got with it so far. Uh, the gameplay kind of reminds me of Flashback on the SNES. Oh. Uh, don't know if you've ever played. Yeah, uh, I have. I know they re-released it recently. But, um, yeah, it's got that sort of um, quite nicely animated body movements for the character. Um, the, the, the way you pull yourself up ledges and things kind of reminds me of that. Uh, it's quite puzzle-driven, but there are sort of random enemies that can pop out of areas. Um, the the first part that I played was largely sort of sneaking around your uh, place of work, which is, is sort of sneaking past security cameras and little drone robot things out of hours, trying to get your uh, truck not only through the security gate, but then sort of down into the lab, into the hangar where you can uh, get on a, a ship. It's, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I've not got very far with it, I can tell, but um, I'm quite enjoying it so far in that it is very much reminding me of playing Flashback. <laughs> yeah. What else have you played? So the only other thing that like I can talk about that I really played this week was um, I played more Binding of Isaac. Um just Ooh. more small updates on that. Ooh. I almost got through hard mode. Ooh. I, I, I got to, I think, the final boss on hard mode, or at least the final boss that I've seen on hard mode, uh-huh. and died to it. But I'm oh. getting better. I almost made it through a hard mode playthrough. So like, yeah, I... I'm finally sticking with that game and feeling like I'm improving at it. Nice. Hooray. So there's not much Are else. Are ready for greed mode any day now? Oh, I, I'm... I'm still, like, a lot of my playthroughs on hard mode, I die on the first floor. Like, if I don't get a, a good first pair of power-ups, I can still die to that first floor, so I'm, I don't I think I'm ready for I usually die on the first or second floor on normal mode, so... <laughs> I, I can usually get a lot of the way through easy now, but hard. I'll die on the first or second floor many, many times, and then have one lucky run where it's like, ah, here we go, I got this, woo yeah, I have been thinking about rebuying it on Switch because I, I've got it on PC. In fact, I bought it twice on PC. I bought both versions. Um, but I just feel like having the option to play it on in, in a handheld mode, I would probably spend that much more time with it. Honestly, that's been it for me. Like I've played it on other systems before, but it's not until I had it on a handheld that I really was like, oh yeah, I'll just pick this up for 10 minutes like in between tasks and and throw another couple of runs in because it was on vita too wasn't it yeah and i played a i played quite a lot of it on vita like i definitely prefer it as a handheld game than as a console or pc game just because of the sort of pacing of of attempts at it yeah it's a good toilet game i would imagine (laughs) very very much so if 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 you want you're welcome to to give it a go on the, the switch at some point and see if if you fancy picking it up drag your switch in the toilet tee hee hee uh, have you played anything else this week? I have. Oh, well, rattle through the other things you played. I started playing Streets of Red this morning. <gasps> oh, that, that's got that Jim Sterling in it's it. It's got that lovely it? Jim in it. Tell, <laughs> tell me about Streets of Red. Um, It's a lovely side-scrolly classic style beat-em-up, which uh, crosses sort of survival horror-y uh, or horror movie uh, ideas with... Um, sort of movies and stuff and 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 just a, a really good solid beat 'em up. Uh and as we've been recently been talking about things like Streets of Rage, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, I think I think we should play this together. 
I think this is definitely one for once we're moved and got the project projector set up, just have a a hardcore sit down and play a nice side scrolly beat em up. And Streets of Red, considering it's about a fiver at the moment, yeah. is probably a good choice for that. What is what is this you've been playing on? Is that on Switch? That's on Switch. Oh, well, it's currently on sale. We'll give that a go in a couple of weeks on co-op and see how that yeah. goes. I suppose then. Defo defo. Um, and I think you can play that on um, split Joy-Cons as well. So. Oh, nice. Yay. For anyone who only has one set of Joy-Cons, that <laughs> is a good option. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really pleased with how many Switch games you can play with just, like, the pair of Joy-Cons that come with the system. Like, that's, oh. it's such an overlooked benefit of that system is that it ships with two controllers. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, which is really nice. I mean, I've not had much... Uh, sort of reason to play like that i think we played um poyo tetris mm. with the split joy cons once or twice I've, I've i've played a lot of like um snipper clips which is that sort of yeah. like a uh, two-player puzzly co-op game when i first got the switch and not many people had them and people were like oh yeah what's the switch like as a as a oh. handheld that was my sort of go-to game to be like oh yeah have a look and just prop it up on a table mm. and snipper clips totally plays just fine with a pair of like split joy cons yeah yeah, and we played that for about an hour. That was that was fun. I, w- I wouldn't mind playing more of that. Yeah, I I think we need to jump back into that sometime. Yeah, and and uh, Mario Kart, another great one for for split joy Oh yeah, it 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 works totally fine because obviously like they had you know Mario on on the Wii, you could do with your sort of sideways controller as well. Mm. It's the same sort of of idea. Yeah, It'd be interesting if that's see if they can do something like that with uh, Smash. I I'm like I would guarantee that they're going to have like single Joy-Con mode for for Smash because I think like a big thing is going to be prop the Switch up in in tabletop mode, mm-hmm. each have a Joy-Con, play some Smash while you're on the train or something. Just like that original Switch advert. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a big thing. So, yeah, have you played anything else? That's all the things <gasps> I've played. Not bad for nearly forty minutes of conversation. Uh, oh, oh wait. Good- uh, uh, just not bad for nearly half an hour, over slightly over half an hour of conversation because <laughs> we cut nothing out. Yeah, we definitely didn't cut out a game that we talked about and then realised we can't talk about till next week. We <laughs> definitely didn't do that. Definitely didn't do that. Anyway, time for the next thing. Welcome to another British information film. Today we will be teaching you about other types of social justice class that you can be other than a social justice warrior. Many people have chosen the warrior class when choosing to be into social justice. However, there are many options available. For instance, Many people should be informed that social justice bards are an option. You can write about uh, write songs about being a nice person, and those songs can be very useful in influencing social justice opinions within society. Indeed, it is an option that Billy Bragg chose many years ago. Furthermore, you could choose another type of class. For example, you could be a social justice barbarian, such as many Antifa. Indeed, hit hit things very hard with a heavy object in order to deliver social justice. You yes, could all... especially if those things happen to be Nazis. Indeed, hit Nazis with heavy objects in order to deliver social justice. You could also become a social justice wizard. While you may be quite squishy, you can sort out social justice issues over a range distance using a variety of different elemental types. Fire, electricity, or water can all be used by a social justice wizard to improve social attitudes. Indeed, 
And if you're looking for alternatives, there is uh, new additional uh, classes of social justice types that you could be if you purchase Volo's Guide. Indeed. So, now that you know, don't be limited to a social justice warrior. Look at the full list of class types when deciding which kind of social justice character you would like to be in the world. Thank you. This has been a, this has been a PSA about social justice classes. Another bottle of sherry, Jives. Oh, oh, goodness, I could definitely do with more sherry. Oh, 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 oh the sun's oh. out, dear. Oh, it's wonderful out. I've just been reminiscing about the good old days. Oh, yes. A oh, wild, yes, wild, rambunctious youth. Do you remember the days? Oh, I remember them. Oh, we got up to such larks. Oh, goodness, I remember. I remember one very, very drunken day on some sherry. I, 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 forgive me for this. This is a rather, <gasps> rather tantalizing story. I, oh, I went out, I went out, and I, um, I, I, I bought, I bought a football, and I used <gasps> it on a grass park where they said no ball games on the park. Goodness, Dale, oh, such a rebel. Oh, I know. I was the talk of the town that day. I absolutely ruined the aesthetic of the, gra- of, of the, of the town green. I can imagine. Not, oh. not least because a young lady is in, in such an eye Oh, I know. Back in the, back in the day, we were, we, were, we were forbidden from sport. We weren't supposed to even walk too fast. Well, indeed, you know, and certainly the idea of, 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 a, of a young woman uh, running or, or, or using her feet in any way. Oh, Men but... didn't even know that we had feet. Oh, indeed, and I such believe... Such were our dresses so, so far down. I believe the belief at the time was that if we moved too fast, all of our femininity would just fall off. It just, oh, it just all fall off. Yes, yes. Well, I, I, once, I once went out uh, with... Uh, only six petticoats on. Only um, six petticoats? Oh, goodness. I know. My mother was outraged. I, 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 I imagine she called you some kind of a harlot. You were, you were, you were scarcely dressed at that point. You, you might as well have gone out nude. Exactly, exactly. Apparently the pastor couldn't keep his eyes averted. Oh, goodness. You know, oh, goodness. You, know, you know what I did? You know what I did back in my youth? Oh, do tell me. Oh, I, 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 went out for, I went out for dinner with, uh, with, with, uh, with a gentleman. And I Ooh. insisted on paying the bill. Who did what, dear? Just because oh, we've become oh, from money. I, I well, this thing. I felt that I should, I should pay my fair share, <sighs> and that we should have an equitable partnership. But apparently, this was just not the done thing at the time. Must have felt absolutely emasculated. Well oh. done, dear. Oh. oh goodness, yes, it gave me a taste of power. <laughs> oh, I can quite imagine. Oh goodness! Is there any anything else you got up to in your youth you wish to embroil oh, me with tales yes. of? Well, I, I used to uh, used to engage in some saucy embroidery. <gasps> I uh, uh, once uh, embroidered a picture of uh, myself in uh, in a very scandalous uh, swimming suit. <gasps> uh, oh yes. goodness! Were your knees exposed? Well, no, no, not quite that saucy, tiny oh, factor, but there was there was certain, certainly an ankle visible. Oh, oh goodness! Well, that is still. Wait, was that an outdoor one? It was. Oh, it was. It was a picture of myself <gasps> uh, embroidered uh, that that I'd done of myself at the beach. Oh. And you could very clearly see a bit of ankle. I, I put that in specially. No. Oh goodness, goodness! I have yeah, another sherry. Uh, oh goodness! Uh, I have one more sherry. Right. Oh, I've got. I've got one more. One more story. I think this. Oh, is, oh, I think oh. this is the wildest one I've got for you today. Yes. Right. Right. So, um, this is, this is back in the back in the day. I um, yes. I. And, and don't be telling anyone I did this, because uh, oh. obviously it would be a scandal. Even oh, to yes. Don't, uh, don't tell them. 
Um, I got a job. <gasps> oh, I know. I know, dear. I got, a, I got a job. I got a job. I got a job. How did you manage that? Well, you, you'll see. I had to disguise myself. I put on a fake moustache and um, and some, some trousers of all things. I got a job in a... Trousers? Yeah, indeed, I got a job in a bakery. You can see what your legs are doing. I, I know. They can see that I had two individual legs and not just, like, a mysterious, like, floatingness that, that magically carried me around. And, I indeed, I got a job in a bakery. I got a job gracious. in a bakery, which is how I could afford later on to do that thing I was telling you about, how I paid for someone, I paid for the gentleman's dinner. Goodness gracious, I imagine you would have talked with the tune if anyone had found out. What a, I have no idea. What a wild Probably youth. have been arrested. Indeed. What a wild youth we've had. I'm, oh, I'm, yes, I'm, yes. I'm, Children I'm, today will never understand. Oh, they'll never understand what with their, 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 their quiet life of, of video games and drug taking. They, they don't understand what it's like to be a real party animal. Exactly. Well, how about some, uh, some port? To go with oh, Shaddy Dad. It'll set me off for the night. It's all good. So, what hmm. have you been watching this week? I've watched two things. <gasps> you watched well, two I watched things? a few things, but <laughs> mainly I have watched two things. With the uh, release of uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, <gasps> I sat down and watched Force Awakens and Last uh, Jedi. Uh, back to back. How do you feel about them back to back post release? Um, it was nice to sit down and watch them both again, with the ability to pause them when I need to pee, <laughs> rather than going, "This film is epically long, and I've yeah. had a very large soda." As as much as I like both of those films, that and I think that their pacing is really good. They are both lengthy films if you have a very big drink. Yeah, it's it's. It's it's almost Pirates of the Caribbean three levels of please I'm seeing in sepia <laughs> I need to go and use the facilities. Uh, yeah, like I I need to I need to go back and rewatch both of them because I both of them I feel very positive about right now. But I've n- neither of them have I really like stopped to rewatch at home and like taken in, in that sort of environment. We shall snuggle on the sofa and watch the Star Wars. Aw, they're both they're they're both just like. Very well-made, fun films. Yeah, definitely, and and it's it's nice to be getting uh, a more Star Wars, and that that Star Wars is becoming more wonderfully SJWy. Oh, indeed, and I love that. Yes, I I like that this trilogy has been pretty SJW. Also, yep. I got so thrown recently by that realization that um, the Han Solo film is out in like a month. Yeah, that's weird. I know, right? It's like, it, it was like, it feels like three, four months ago we were, well, yeah, it was, it was December we were watching a Star Wars film, and then it's like, oh yeah, May, have another. Yeah, it seems like they've decided that they're moving from the big Christmas movie to the big summer blockbuster, so. Mm. Which I'm, we shall see. I'm, I'm all for. I, I am very excited that we live in a world where every summer it's like, here's a big superhero blockbuster, and here is a Star Wars. I'm like, Yes, please. I like this as, as long as the superhero blockbusters are up there with the level of Black Panther <laughs> and less Age of Ultron. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go see the new Avengers just because I've seen pretty much every Marvel film at this point. Sure, I'm bought into the universe. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it's just like a, it's it's like Netflix with a budget. It's it's. <laughs> 
Every year we will do one really long episode of this yeah, mediocre at best series. Yeah. But it's flashy. We've got a real big budget. And sometimes that's all you want to see is a big, big flashy budget superhero thing. You can just tune your brain out and just go, yes, this is the superheroes. The superheroes. And now there's a Spider-Man. I know there's the Spider-Man. A Spider-Man and the man with the glove with the gems and he's going to get rid of everything. Pink man, it, look. If they bring out a Squirrel Girl movie, I'll be into it. But I, I still think that Squirrel Girl would have made an amazing either Netflix TV series or a Telltale adventure game. I would be very into both of those things. <laughs> so yeah. Or hell, you know, if we're talking about more superhero <laughs> movies, let's have another Tank Girl movie. Oh yes, I'm. I am ready for like all of these superhero films that got like really mediocre films like in the early 2000s to get brought yeah. back for good ones now. Mm, yeah. I, w- I would be definitely into that. I yeah. would like to see more of that. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice to see uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Um, nice to see that sort of moving away from the classic everybody is afraid of Nazis to everyone is afraid of 20-something white boys with daddy issues. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. It's it's almost you like... You are also Nazis. It's almost like, you know, mid-twenties, like, entitled white boys sometimes, you know, get dangerous when they don't get what they feel they're entitled to, occasionally. Ooh. Yep. As unstable as that lightsaber. Yeah. So, what, what, what have you been sticking in your eye holes? Uh, most of what I've watched this week has just been re-watching, like, things that I've seen before, just because I, I had a bit of a craving for, like, just, you know, sometimes you just want to watch stuff, you already know what happens, so you can just sort of switch Ooh. your brain off a bit. Um, so the first thing I watched this week is I went back and rewatched Bo Burnham's uh, special Make Happy, oh, yeah. which I, I, I've talked about Bo Burnham in a few places before. I still maintain I think he's one of the most like talented comedy people out there at the moment. Um, oh. He, For anyone who doesn't know, Bo Burnham is sort of in his, in his 20s and his whole shtick is comedy plus music. He does sort of like stage shows of musical comedy and a lot of his music is very very socially progressive and aware for a oh. like you know mid 20s straight white guy um oh. may i particularly recommend a song called straight white man which is just him singing about how hard straight white men have it um very ironically i th- i think towards the end there's a beautiful line that's something like we used to have all the money and land and we still do but it's not as fun now like mm. he's he's very <clears throat> self-aware, and I enjoy him very much. And then all of his shows, like towards the end, just get very, very real. I'm like, yeah. I have to be. You've in the... had all the happy now. Do I think? Yeah, I have to be in like the right mood to like watch one of those shows because like make happy. Its entire like last act is like, hey, it's really overwhelming. Like trying to put on a happy face for an audience when you feel depressed. And like, hey, I joke about having like really insig- like really significant problems in like insignificant problems in my life, but I actually like really struggle, and it's really hard when the thing that's meant to make you happy doesn't make you happy sometimes. And maybe oh. I just want to walk away from it, even though it's a thing people would like kill to do. It's like it gets really real and emotionally touching, oh. but it's also like an hour of goofs that are very well paced. Yeah, he's he's a very talented boy. 
Yes. It reminded me of the kind of humour I liked from um, Tim Minchin when he still did stand-up. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, but he's a bit a, more thinky, if anything. Yeah, like, Tim Minchin did some really nice thinky stuff, but his thinky stuff tended to be very, like, isolated from the comedy. Like, uh, mm. what was that That song that's like, um, in, uh, this is my brain and I live in it, that, that one. Uh, not perfect. Not perfect. Like, not perfect is a really beautiful, sincere Tim Minchin song. Mm-hmm. But then he also has, like, I, I'm trying to think of a good example of a funny Tim Minchin song, and the um, the only song title I can... Inflatable You. Inflatable You's good, yeah. The, the the only one that came to mind was Ten Foot Cock and a Few Hundred Virgins was the only song so title. So we live in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I think, I think Bo Burnham is what I always hoped that Tim Minchin would kind of end up being. Like, Tim Minchin yeah. was the template that I think Bo Burnham really sort of, like, successfully followed up from. Yeah, I mean, I think it helped that Tim Minchin never really wanted to be a comedian. He wanted to be a professional pianist. Yeah. Oh. Oh, goodness. I'm now trying to think, what's that really, like, sweet and kind of funny song that Tim Minchin does about wanting to be a very sincere musician? Uh, no, uh, 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 rock and rock and roll bitch. nerd. I think it's rock called. Nerd, yeah. yeah, rock and roll, rock and roll nerd. I think is like the height of Tim Minchin for me, where it's like sweet, sincere song with a couple of jokes thrown in to stop it ever getting too heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Tim Minchin, but I I love Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham's yeah. very good. Well, you've you've seen Matilda, haven't you? Yes, the uh, the Tim Minchin written um, Matilda live show. Probably the best comedic writing Tim Minchin's done because I think, I think that when he has to work harder. Well, exactly. When forced to not rely on crudeness to be a punchline, I think he writes better material. Mm. His, his, I think that's true for a lot of comedians. Yeah, his his work for Matilda was fantastic. So if you ever get a chance and you like Tim Minchin stuff, check out the the stage show of Matilda that he wrote the the all the music for because it's good. <laughs> Oh. But yeah, so I, I rewatched Bo Burnham's Make Happy. Um, what I will warn in advance, because I've seen this pop up a couple of times, one of the songs in that show initially sounds like it is. Um, it is pro. It sounds initially like it's pro committing suicide, and that is not what the song is about. If you keep listening to the song, the song sort of flips that message entirely and is like, "Hey, there are not simple soundbite solutions to." problems like depression you need to go and like put the work in and see a therapist and like do stuff to get past that but i've seen some people who get to the first verse of the the song that is called kill yourself and go oh wait no 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 and i think it's worth noting to people like the point of that song is that it's deliberately shocking and then it goes yeah like a simple soundbite solution like isn't what you should be doing you should be looking at the hard complicated long solutions to problems like depression oh. so that yeah. is one i just want to sort of give people a heads up about but i think that generally he's very good at like subverting away from the easy jokes um his when his comedy touches on social issues i think it's usually like very positive to minority groups and very like yeah i acknowledge the the you know the benefits that i have living as a straight white guy Oh. And he's a very talented boy, I think. Hmm. So yeah, what about you? What else have you been watching? That, that's it. That's all the things I've watched. That's all your things. Well, I'll, I'll rattle through a couple of other things very quickly. 
Um, I started rewatching some of Full Metal Alchemist because I forgot that I really like that show. Um, for anyone, Original Brotherhood. Uh, so I watched a couple of specific episodes from the original show. Okay. Um, and then I started watching Brotherhood itself. So for anyone who's yeah. unaware, Full Metal Alchemist, based on a manga, got adapted into two different animes about um, a world in which alchemy is a, is a you know, um, a science that is done. You can take something and turn it into an equivalent something else. And someone, like this kid, tries to bring his, his mum back from the dead, but and that's not a thing you're supposed to do in alchemy, and he ends up like losing his arm and his leg and his brother's body, and they go off to try and become good alchemists to like undo what they did. And I, th- the difference for anyone who's wondering between Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is Full Metal Alchemist was written before the manga finished being written. So about halfway through Full Metal Alchemist, they start just making up their own ending. And it's it's a good ending. It stands by itself. And I think that that telling of the story, like, it treats the beginning of the story a lot slower. It takes a lot more time with character development in the early stories. There's a couple of key scenes that I think are done much better in, in Full Metal Alchemist. Hmm. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was sort of redone later to be much closer to the manga. It it skips over a couple of really key scenes and doesn't do them as much justice as the original series did. But its ongoing arc is much more complete. It lasts a lot longer and tells what I think is a much better overall story. Hmm. So I would say of the two, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood overall is better, but there are a couple of scenes in the original Full Metal Alchemist that, like, I will go back even now and just like rewatch a couple of odd scenes from it and just go, oh, that scene was done so well. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I went back and watched a couple of, of F episodes from that. For anyone who knows the series, I went back and watched the Chimera episode and the episode with the funeral. And both of those are episodes I still go back and watch sometimes and just go, all those people told a good story there. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm when I did watch that series, I pretty much mainlined it all the way through pretty quickly. So I've largely forgotten what happened. I, I really want to go back and just like rewatch through the whole series again at some point because I really Let's do. do I, I think we should because I, I really enjoy Full Metal Alchemist. I think it's a really well told story overall. Like, in, I think both of its its tellings are ultimately pretty dang good. Um, well, I've not seen Brotherhood at all, so. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll watch Brotherhood at some point then. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I started rewatching a little bit of is Gilmore Girls, which is like my guilty pleasure watch that I just like. If ever I'm just feeling a bit blah and I need something really easy to watch that's very feel good, I go oh. and watch Gilmore Girls. It's basically, um, here, here is here is two two women that are that are you know living in this small town in Middle America, this like tiny little nowhere town, and hijinks ensue but it always ends up being okay in the end because nothing ever goes too badly in Gilmore Girls just everyone does a lot of talking and there's some mild peril and then everything's fine and there's like seven seasons of it which are each like 30 episodes a season 40, 40 minutes per episode like there is a lot of Gilmore Girls to watch I was not aware of that. Yeah, I wasn't aware until I started like watching the whole thing. Cause, like growing up, I used to tune into just random episodes, 
with no context and really enjoy it. Oh. And I tried to watch the whole show and I'm like, oh, that's like 25 hours per season, seven seasons plus a Netflix like original series. Oh, There's a lot of uh, that show. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm not trying to rewatch all of it now. I'm literally just occasionally jumping into an episode or two and being like, oh yeah, this is just really good feel-good TV that like nothing's ever going to go too wrong and it makes my heart sing. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah. that's basically what I've been rewatching this week. So mm. with that, should we go to the next thing? Let us. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so um, how is the the uh, the game coming along? We've uh, obviously we we paid you quite a lot of money. You you've been uh, developing it for for a, a good eight months now. We're just wondering if you have like a demo or or even one of those vertical slices that um, are available to have a look at. Uh, yes, you'll be glad to know that I'm actually uh, complete with creating the oh. uh, homeopathic version of your uh, of your game. The uh, oh, it's, it's all complete, ready to ready to play. Uh, yes, the the homeopathic version of your game is complete. Um, here here you go. Here's the here's the the uh, compiled homeopathic game code. <laughs> Okay, now, now it's you've said this a few times. I am a little bit um, the homeopathic version. Is is that like a a prototype or or Did, a demo? Uh, are you were you not aware of this when you looked over my resume? I am a homeopathic, uh, homeopathic uh, computer programmer. I um I create homeopathic computer code. Um, as we learn in homeopathy, less is more, and as such, uh, here is here is your game code. Right. So um, let's see if it will fire up hmm um i seem to be getting a, an entirely blank screen is uh is do you know do you know if there's a, a problem with that or? uh well well the way that homeopath- homeopathy works is that you need to believe it's going to work otherwise it doesn't work so i think the problem here is um less about my code i think it's more about your uh, lack of belief in the code's ability to work unfortunately um Okay, well, perhaps I I could have a look at the the source code. Get a get a get a look at. Oh, of course, see. of course. Here, here you go. Here you go. Here is the uh, the code. Okay. Um. I'm. Okay. I'm. I'm seeing a lot of blank comment lines. Scrolling. There's a, a lot of these lines. Well, it, it, it might take you a while to get through it. So the way that homeopathy works is that we work on a, uh, a less is more approach. And as such, um, we've gone for a um, the strongest possible coding ratio that we could think to go with, which was mm-hmm. uh, seven parts per million. So we've got seven lines of code, but they're you know diluted down by a, a million comment lines. In order to dilute it, so that it becomes stronger, you see. Like the more diluted it is, the stronger it is. I, you've had sixty thousand pounds, and you've produced seven lines of written code in six months, and a million comment lines that dilute it to make it stronger. Don't overwrite my work. Don't you know? Downplay the work I do. I've I've created the strongest bit of gaming code you've ever seen. This is supposed to be out next month. Indeed, and it's ready to release as it currently is. Okay. Okay, let's see the artwork for the box then. Well, you didn't say you wanted artwork. Okay, we'll call up that homeopathic artist and see what they've come up with. 
Have you words like people talk about like lizard people running the world and stuff? Oh. But that's not true. That's all lies. Oh no! What is it then? What, what's your truth? Well, like when people are talking about lizards, it's really just like a dog whistle for anti-Semitism, and that shit is not cool. However, the truth is there is a shadowy cabal of penguins running out of Siberia. Ah, that makes so much sense as to why all the politicians in the world are, like, so cold, you know, know, because, like, unfeeling, but also cold because they're penguins. Oh, it makes so much sense. It's true, and any time you see a politician with their egg on their feet, now you know what it's about. Oh, I know what that's about now. Oh, you heard heard that other other thing, what is, like, really true, is you know how, like... Um, they're they're trying to the government are trying to control people's minds, not yeah. not through like you know chemicals in the water like people say in and stuff. No, no, it's it's no. not that. It's no. it's by by playing really catchy pop tunes that just happen to have in their metadata instructions on what we should do. Because no one I've checks heard about the metadata. That. That's the four court conspiracy. Yeah, yeah no one checks that, the metadata, do they? No, no, no. People don't know about that stuff. But oh. you know, it's really important that we spread the word. We've got to get this out. Yeah, like, have you have you heard that people are also being controlled? Like, they're being shepherding dangerous ideas, all by a uh, big Bluetooth. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah, Secretly the fact controlling that, people's like, minds. Yeah, and the, the the whole thing is like no one no one uses like Bluetooth much no more, which is why everyone overlooked it in it. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's all That's about that. That's why Wi-Fi. the iPods t- took took all the three and a half mil jacks out. Oh, so it it's a conspiracy by big oh. Bluetooth. Oh, that's so that's so on point. Oh, you heard this other one about how, how the world is flat. <coughs> what? That is bullshit. World is flat. It's not even level. Like, look Can out it? of your window. Now, there's buildings and stuff and trees and pointy up bits. If you stand on a hill, you can see the curvature of the earth. Oh, I thought. Oh. Sorry, I feel well, like, how could you possibly oh, believe that? I don't know. That's I, nonsense. I, I don't know. I feel like a bit of a, a bit of a prat now. Um, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to some proper <laughs> some proper realistic stuff then. Uh, yeah. You you heard how secretly um, the pyramids are actually like communication towers for for space. You heard that. Yeah, yeah, I heard oh, that one. That's, that's some realistic stuff, not like that 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 foolish exactly. idea what I had about the earth being flat or flat earth, flat earth. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. But yeah, definitely like the pyramids are secretly made of gato. They're used for communicating with people in space. <laughs> anyway, have a bang on this. Oh, that's good. It's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, what have you been listening to? Mm, I've been listening to a few things this week, so I'm going to start with a song that I listened to. So, um, I listened to a song called To The Sun by a band called Grandview. It's sort Mm -hmm. of a a mix of quiet, solemn, slightly contemplative rock that's then mixed with, like, sections of loud, intense, impassioned, almost distraught rock, and it sort of goes back and forth between these two different types of rock across this sort of okay. three minute track. It's it's very well put together. 
I, I very much enjoy its sort of pairing of different rock styles back and forth. Yeah. So that's that's one I enjoyed this week. Tell me about a thing mm-hmm. you listened to. Ooh, there's been a few things. I f- finished season one of Within the Wires. Ooh, what did you think of it? Um, I'm still not entirely sure. I I liked it. Uh, it was quite sad. I think. Mm. I. You're you're left at the end of that series with a certain like, you you're not a hundred percent sure if things ended well or not. Yeah, there's definitely an ambiguity to did this end successfully or positively or did it not? Yeah, especially that last episode. Mm. Even the episode before that, as you're you're listening to the end of that episode, you're like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if positive thing has happened or not. And then obviously the the, the last episode is, is very different tonally. It's um, its format doesn't follow the format that the rest of the, the, the series has followed. Yeah. Uh, which again sort of brought me back to rem- remembering when I when I was doing the programming the the program that the last episode had very much a sort of no I'm gonna try and explain some shit. <laughs> Yeah, in a in a less uh, obscured and veiled and <laughs> you are within the system kind of way. Yes, um, and it it already felt like it was setting up for the the second series because I knew that you'd mentioned that it was about uh, an art gallery and sort of or art galleries and uh, being done as uh, like an audio guide to that. Because they mention about uh, a certain artist and and a, a painting and things, so I, I was sort of trying to see if there was going to be any any time between the two there, and sort of where it goes. So um, I I enjoyed it, but I, I yeah, I'm not entirely sure what I, happened. I I felt if the good thing happened. I felt very similar on first listen to the end of that season. I I mm. ended up going back and re-listening to the whole thing, sort of knowing where it was going. And mm. I think I still didn't know whether it was a good or a bad ending, but I felt sort of a bit more okay on a second listen with that sort of somber ambiguity. Mm. I I felt more at peace with that somber ambiguity on a second listen. Um. I still maintain I don't think season two is as strong as season, uh, as strong as season one. Like it doesn't have that sense of peril from what I've listened to so far. I think I'm about three episodes in. Yeah, like it sort of puts its sense of peril in at the very last minute, and it feels just like it kind of shoehorns it in out of nowhere a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it sort of shoehorns in its peril at the very last minute out of nowhere. Which is a Quick, bit shit, of... we're nearly over. Have some peril, peril. Yeah, which is uh... it's, it's a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, I I think overall, like I'm still glad I listened to both seasons of Within the Wires. Mm. Like I like so... some good in-universe like narrative tape fiction. Yeah, same. Yeah. Have you listened to anything else? Um. Yeah, I listened to a couple of things. So um, mm-hmm. another track that I quite enjoyed this week was a track called A Faint Illusion by a band called Tides of Man. It's cool. it's an sort of unrequited love song, but like in the rock genre. Um, mm. It's got a mix of light floaty guitar plucking and then some like heavier strumming rock sections. It's very cool. much like a, 
I am angsty man singing rock song about how unrequited love is a thing. And it's, you know, that's a bit generic, but the oh. sound and the way that the, the audio was put together was good. So it oh. it was like kind of a generic topic, but like a well put together song on that topic. What about you? Um, I started listening to a new uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast <gasps> called Ooh. The Venture Maidens. Tell me about this. Uh, four maidens take on fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons in an actual play podcast. Uh, to quote their website, uh, it's um, I, I've been looking for more um, non-male podcasts. Mm. There's a lot of them out there. There are. I wanted to hear some alternate voices <laughs> that weren't necessarily talking about politics and all that good SJW stuff, <laughs> which I love, but I want some D and D. So, uh, yeah, I this randomly popped up on my cast box, so I, I give it a listen. I'm about 18 episodes in. They're you know, sort of standard about, about an hour long or so, mm. uh, slightly longer. They are um, three adventurers on their way through the world. They have um, uh, joined what appears to be some sort of secret society or... Uh, or some kind of agency, I suppose, very much like the in, in um, Adventure Zone, you had the the Bureau of Balance. Yeah. Um, these are the Sisters of Suffering, <laughs> and um, they are uh, they appear to be sort of nerdy, gamey types that have, have got into uh, a D and D podcast, and and they have fun, and we have a, a, a lesbian dwarf barbarian, and that's always I, good. I More th- lesbian dwarf barbarians <laughs> in the world. I think I need to give this a listen because, like, I I crave more D and D podcasts in my life. Oh. I I always need more D and D. Like, I'm on one and I listen to one, but I need more. Ah, <laughs> yes, and it, it made me want to play more. So right. we, we shall. We shall have to get a group together and play more. I more I, I think we dinner. can make that work. Maybe when you finished your big uh, risk, uh, what is it, your pandemic legacy um, <laughs> game, we can maybe sort out some D and D. We're two months behind on pandemic legacy. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's it's we we've been playing that for nearly two years now. We'll get there one um, day. So yes, if you're interested in the Venture Maidens, they can be found at theventuremaidens.com and wherever you find your free podcasts. Woo. Uh, They're on the Don't Split Podcast Network. I have another podcast recommendation, and it's another female-fronted one. Yes! Hurrah! So, this is a podcast that, like, is not time-sensitive, which is good, because this podcast has seemingly died at some point, and just, without any announcement, just kind of stopped making episodes, but its back catalogue is all just... You can jump into it, and there's nothing to stop you doing that. So, the podcast is called Good Job Brain. And oh, yeah. it's a podcast I've talked about in a couple of places before, but it's a sort of pub, qui- pub quiz slash trivia podcast um, that has sort of a mixed gender cast, but is is generally hosted by um, like it's it's a there's a, there's lots of women on this podcast, um, oh. frequently many ladies, and nice. the whole idea is it's teach you about silly facts and topics do quiz questions about silly facts and topics and teach you things. And it's all just very lighthearted, very silly, very goofy. It never gets too heavy or serious. Mm. And it's just a really fun podcast. And it's a real shame because mm. it used to be one of the highlights of my week. And out of nowhere, like it stopped for several months and then they came back and they were like, yeah, we're back. It's all good. And they did a couple of episodes. 
and then stopped again. Oh. And there's never really been any explanation as to what happened, but I went back and started re-listening to their back catalogue, and those episodes all totally hold up, so I, I very much recommend go listen to Good Job Brain, and then when you enjoy it, be like, just just know that it's going to end abruptly. Know that going in. So yeah. Okay. Uh, to give that a listen. What about you? Well, I feel slightly weird bringing this up more than once, especially since you're on it, but Dice Funk is really good! <laughs> I've been having so much fun doing Dice Funk recently. It's It's been uh, really interesting seeing you become um, the worst universe uh, version of Greg Universe. Yeah, I you, we were talking about this earlier. My, my, my current character in Season 4 of Dice Funk is is like ter- terrible dad that's like doing a really bad bumbling job of being a dad and there's a lot of similarities to Greg Universe from Steven Universe like if if he if Greg Universe had not like given up his passion to look after his kid and had kept trying to do his passion and then been like oops trying to continue chasing my passion was not good for looking after my kid oh. that's basically Frank Westerly from Dice Funk season 4 dad that is bumbling and silly but he's just trying to help his kid yeah if he decided to become a, a warlock rather than a bard indeed yeah this this is <laughs> this is the warlock version of greg universe um he's i i love frank like this season's been really weird like so for all the seasons of dice funk are all like self-contained stories and season four is basically four people start doing heists because capitalism does not allow people to like make the money they need to live by just doing a job like a 40 hour a week job does not allow people to make a stable salary Ooh, look at the social commentary so (laughs) they start doing heists and then things quickly like snowball away from them and they're like oh no turns out doing crimes is not a good stable way to like make a living and, oh no, we killed the entire military. Yeah, we accidentally killed the entire military, and we're now just like, well, I, I guess we're in crime life now. How do we get out of this? Also, also, like, we have superpowers. Maybe it's it's pretty it's pretty great. I love Dice Funk. It's I'm glad you're enjoying it, playing it because I'm certainly enjoying listening it, to it. It's, and... it's generally a comedy podcast, but then just like there were episodes where we get like so serious. <laughs> well, it helps that. Austin is a is a big old work boy uh, who has lots to say about the state of the world, and yeah. I, I really like that about it. Yeah, like season four has talked about things like, um, you know, police brutality and like the unfairness of like largely white police forces, for example. And it's like, oh, oh, I, I, mm, yes, and oh, here's America's fucked up. Um, medical system and mm-hmm. he's he's a good he's a good work boy rdm austin yes and then yeah i i very much enjoy that it's a podcast where we can be very silly and like talk about boners and then like five <laughs> minutes later <laughs> be having like an impassioned like fight about the morality of various things going on in the back of a car <laughs> yeah it's it's good yeah um, but yes yeah, still very much enjoying that this, I think this is definitely uh, the best series so far. I And I really liked the last series. I, and I'm a big old fan of the first I, series. I don't know how to feel about season four until it's done. Because obviously, like, se- season three is now its own complete story. And I have... Mm. 
I, I think mm, the fact that that story is complete, I can kind of relax and be like, I'm happy with that full arc. Whereas I still don't oh. know where season four is going to go, and that leaves me with a lot of like, ah, oh, stress and pressure. Ah, oh. oh, well, I'm just a fan, so I can enjoy it for what it is already. Fiddle's <laughs> 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 mustache. Yeah, I, 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 I love season three where I got to be the the tiefling bard that was like, I'm evil and mean. Oh no, feelings. <laughs> Also, yes. also, Veltari was just like hecka gay, which was fun. Yup, yup. Gets to do bard puns to flirt with barma- barmaids. That was fun. Yeah, and Cosminion does beautiful art there. Oh, indeed. Go look up Cosminion on Twitter. They do very good dice funk art. They really do. They really do. They help design my Veltari tattoo, which is like I love that yeah. tattoo so much. <laughs> Have you listened to anything else? Uh, yeah, I'll give one more recommendation for a podcast this week. So this is um, another one that's like, this podcast is still ongoing, but I've just been listening to the back, back a backlog of, is a podcast mm-hmm. called Sawbones. Oh, and yeah. I'll, full disclosure, I'm on an episode of Sawbones about like trans it's stuff. Um, I had a lot of fun on that episode, so I'm not just recommending it because I'm on the show, but... Um, Sawbones is a podcast that's a husband and wife pair. Uh, it's one, one of the McElroys is on it. And the whole idea is basically like, hey, Sydney McElroy, who is a doctor, and her husband, who is not a doctor, talk about medical stuff. And it's like, here's, here's a bunch of fun medical facts. And, and here's someone who knows Here's nothing about medical stuff to ask all of the, like, maybe this is a dumb question, but here, what, what about this? And they, they talk but about silly medical learning facts. The words. That's always sweet. <laughs> yeah. The, the most recent episode is a sort of quiz where Sydney's like, okay, let's see if you actually learned anything doing this podcast with oh. me for a while. And he did pretty well. So I will definitely have to listen to more of that. Yeah. So I've, I've been going back and listening to its um, back catalogue of episodes because, again, like oh. Good Job Brain, it's like it's pretty timeless. You can go and listen oh. to the back catalogue whenever. The quality holds up. Like, you can go back and listen to early episodes and it's not obvious you've skipped back a bunch. So, yeah, Sawbones is really good if you just want to learn some, like, fun medical facts about, like, why you shouldn't drill a hole in your head and, you know, what what did Pliny the Elder think that you should do for everything? Because Pliny the Elder is a very They love a bit of trepanning, don't they? Yes, they do. So, yeah, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? That, I believe, is all... Oh, wait, 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 there was one more. There was... Uh, I listened to a track, an actual track, not just a podcast. <laughs> uh, Talamasca, another one from that um, History of Goa Trance album, I believe. Oh, yes. A track called Extreme. It's got froggos and guitars in it. I might have to give this a listen, because that, that History of Goa Trance album uh, is pretty good. There, there, there was a bit in there where... Um, I'm not sure I'd really call it a bass line, but it is just sort of like a, a, a ribbiting frog noise. Just... And then it's got some pretty um, hard guitars in a few bits as well that I really like the sound of. Um, that was also very good. Um, yeah, what else? Any, any others from you? No, that's it for me. Well, heckins. The year is 2397. Hello, and welcome to Antiquities Drive-By. I am Blake Snow, expert in human antiques. Uh, joining me today is a, a collector of 20th and 21st century uh, gaming merchandise. Uh, just tell me a little about uh, the things you bought along today. 
Um, hello. Well, um, I, 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 I brought along a, a, um, a series of things that were uh, donated by my great, 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 great grandmother, who um, was was quite the avid gamer in the early um, the the two thousands. So a good, a good three, four hundred years ago. And I, I believe that these are some of the um, the more sought after um, aspects of video gaming. I, I think they're, from what I understand, they're very representative of what video games were uh, many hundreds of years ago. So. Um, should I just start showing you some of the things I've brought? Oh yes, please tell us about this first item. Um, so this first item is some kind of uh, wristwear device that you could slot in a, um, a, a, a very primitive mobile phone into that um, I believe it was supposed to be something from, from the Fallout games, I, I, I believe. Do you, you wouldn't happen to, have to know a little more about this, this particular oddity, would you? Uh, this is the, the famous Pip-Boy, a uh, uh, piece of, uh, well, well, these days we'd probably just call it plasticky tat. Uh, it, it was uh, very, very popular, a lot of people deeply sought after it. It came with, uh, I, I believe it was one of the very first Fallouts, of course. Uh, Fallout uh, 15 came out last year. Uh, they, they really have slowed down a little bit on the, on the, man on the manufacture of those, but uh, still coming and still buggy as fuck. Uh, uh, yes, it, uh, this was uh, a pe basically a piece of uh, brown resin that uh, barely fit on on. Most people's arms led to a lot of uh, disappointment, but I was very much sought, sought after amongst a certain type of collector. Of course, uh, many of these things were, were burned during the uh, Third and Fourth World Wars, but uh, uh, this one clearly now a collector's item, after not being a collector's item for a while, it has now come back into to vogue about 400 years later. Uh, um, probably worth about uh, uh, $60 pounds uh, by today's money. Oh, wonderful. And, um... The next we have um, is is a uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to admit it's a slightly strange item. Um, it appears to be a slightly squishy female torso uh, with a lot of fake blood on it. That um, yeah, I've 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 always wondered. Apparent apparently this was very sought after, but uh, obviously the few hundred years separated, I struggle to understand what the appeal was. It's yeah, it's a, it's just a torso. The 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 uh, head and arms appear to have been removed, and it's just wearing an America um circa two thousands style American flag before the the huge redesign to the world flag. Oh yes, yes, it's particularly a uh, tasteless item. Uh, it features a decapitated and uh, dismembered uh, female presenting body uh, in either a uh, U.S. I believe they did a U.K. version before the, uh, the uh, as you say the, the world flag was introduced, and uh, indeed the the uh, uh, the, the the bra of the clothing there. This was to celebrate the release of one of the uh, Dead Island games that featured uh, uh, zombies. This is, of course, when zombies were still considered sort of uh, cartoonish, ghoulish uh, horror entertainment. Before, of course, the uh, the genuine rise of the zombie plague shortly after World War Three. It uh, it's, it's becoming pretty poor taste these days, and no one quite understands exactly why this uh, horrifying item was considered worthy uh, of purchase. Unless, of course, uh, this is uh, the the sort of morals of the time, people very much just valued women for bits of their bodies and not them as, as whole people and personalities and so forth. I'm very glad that we've gone past that now that we are in the year 2397. Um, yeah, sure. the, the last the last um, item I have is this this strange um, mask, which I I had no idea was anything to do with video games, but I'm assured is is apparently something to do with video games. Oh, an absolutely stunning find. Uh, you see, uh, many of these uh, were, were uh, produced. Not many of them survived. They were actually quite extremely quite fragile, and uh, obviously a lot of people trying to fit them on their face. They they would get caught in people's uh, uh, neck beards and and and, and traps and. and 
would tear away large chunks of face in some cases. Um, uh, strange uh, clockwork uh, design and, and, and uh, a very unusual look at it from the uh, from the Dishonored games. Uh, I believe this was from the, the first. There was a similar mask released for the second game. I don't suppose you have the, the full collection of both in, in with you? No, unfortunately, I, I, I only have the, the, the one. This is uh, These are the only items that have survived from, from the collection, unfortunately. Oh, well, it's a terrible shame, of course. Some so few of them have survived as those of repair. They sit quite nicely on a, on a mantle, uh, obviously once you've uh, taken out the, the chunks of beard and flesh. Uh, but uh, yes, this is uh, Corvo's mask from the, the first uh, Dishonored game. Uh, one of the uh, more well-put-together items uh, that you will find from the, uh, these uh, deluxe, digital deluxe versions of games. But uh, yes, well, thank you so much for, for, for bringing us on to uh, the uh, Antiquities Drive-By. I, I think uh, probably for this, this full collection, if you were looking to sell this, would um, probably fetch somewhere in the region of uh, uh, five or six hundred dollar pounds by, by today's money, but uh, certainly a very nice collection. Well, considering that we now live in a society where everyone has universal basic income and, and as such... The money itself is is not required for getting by. That's actually that's that that's all entirely money I can just spend on myself, I suppose. So yes, that that sounds wonderful. I think it's probably best in the hands of a collector that, that understands a little more of the history of them. Thank you very much. Oh goodness, dear! Have you seen have you seen this one over here? This is a very fine piece of art. I've not seen anything quite like it before. It's very bold, very visceral, certainly something uh, that requires quite a lot of consideration. What do you make of it? I think it's a very bold choice to have done the entire thing in a single shade of colour, to have just used this one Mm. shade of brown and to, to have tried to convey the entire work just by the... The intensity or the lack of in the in the the piece, but it, you know, contrasted with the the negative space where they haven't applied any color. Mm, yes, it's very 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 well considered. There, I think you you can tell a lot about the, the personality of the artist, but he uh, obviously a very troubled soul, uh, overcome in in some ways. It feels it's like it's reaching out uh, into the world and just throwing this out there in a, in a very, uh, very uh, evocative manner. Oh, indeed. It certainly gives across this sort of um, sense that it was just sort of like thrown into action. It gives a sense of movement and direction that, that just really gives a sense of the sort of angle at which the art came into being. Excuse me, excuse me. I've got to put out a wet floor sign here. Someone spilt this coffee. I'll just be, just be a moment here. <gasps> Of course, I was just being sarcastic. I defi- definitely knew from the beginning this wasn't art. I was just seeing if you knew. Of course, yes, I wouldn't. Yes, um... I'm, I'm, glad, no, I'm glad neither of us I'd... thought this was art. Definitely not. No, no, no not. No, no, no. Now, this this item over here, this uh, sort of uh, white box on the wall, it's uh, very, very simplistic. Uh, clearly a sort of... Uh, QB, uh, I've got, 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 got to turn the lights off. Do you mind if I get to that switch, please? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Bushel justice warriors, bushel justice warriors, bushel, 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 warriors, bushel, just, 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 warriors, 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 us, us, us. With an intro right. like that, it sounds like you're being a brochure justice bard, but... <laughs> all right, all right, Barry. Barry. You all right, Barry? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not bad, Larry. Yeah, how are you doing? You had a good week? Oh, oh I've had an alright week. How about you? Yeah, well, you know, the uh, uh, world seems to be uh, plodding on slowly towards World War Three, but uh, uh, less said about that, the better. Oh, no, it's, it's, the world is continuing to just demonstrate its own lack of empathy. Um, Have you, yeah. have you uh, seen that thing, what happened in uh, Starbucks this week? Oh, the, uh, the American Starbucks, yeah. yeah. That's uh, another disgusting story of racism in America. Oh, I know. So, like, for, like trying to summarise this up just to check I got this story right, because, like, yeah. I heard this story and, like, I th- I, you know, I thought I must have heard it wrong because, you know, it couldn't, couldn't be that this was the whole story, but I, th- I think it might be, was yeah. that two two men who uh, happened to be black were in a Starbucks and they were just yep. waiting, for, waiting for their friend to uh, to arrive and yep. they hadn't yet ordered anything and one of them had the audacity to ask if they could go to the bathroom and they were very promptly arrested. Yeah, uh, turns out they were there for uh, to, for a business meeting with someone who hadn't yet arrived, and uh, uh, the manager took offence to them being there and uh, called uh, the old nine one one, and the police turned up, decided that uh, the time for them to be allowed to just leave had passed, and uh, these these two gentlemen who very calmly and and I suppose as as most black people are, are probably feeling is the most sensible thing to do they didn't argue back they didn't uh, fight or struggle although you know it's america it's still lucky that they didn't get shot yeah. which is disgusting that we have to say that indeed and they were in custody for what eight hours or something um something like you that, know yeah. they were they were eventually let off without being charged with anything but both the starbucks and the police are doubling down being like no there's nothing yeah. wrong with that it was all good and like Look, yeah. is 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 the issue with stuff like this? Like, I've I've been in that situation. I've gone for I've had coffee shop meetings with people before, and the yeah. problem you got when it's like a job meeting is it seems rude to already be you know indulging in something before the meeting starts because you know you go up together, you offer to buy the person you're having a meeting with a drink. It's part of the social etiquette of the situation. And like, well, and you don't yeah. you don't know if they're going to be there. And with Starbucks. You don't even know if you're going to be in the right Starbucks. It could oh, be the yeah. one two doors down, exactly. and you'll end up being like, well, actually, can I get this to go, or, or wherever? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I've done that. I've gone and like, loitered in a, in, a, in a Starbucks while waiting for other people to arrive, and, you know, as long as it's not, like, super busy, and, I've, you know, you've seen the footage, it's, it's not like they were they were lacking no. for, for available chairs. It was a pretty quiet day. They weren't causing any trouble. They were, you know, they were planning to be paying customers. They weren't causing any nonsense. But no. you know, just by their presence, they were considered uh, a nuisance and removed. It's 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 one of those problems where, like, we're seeing more and more public spaces just societally becoming considered private spaces. You've got like that that Starbucks probably had chairs and tables on the sidewalk outside so you couldn't just stand outside waiting because it'd be considered their space even though it's, you know, public ground. And you get to a situation where the more of these, like, public spaces become privatised, the more that it's like, you know, you don't really have a choice but to wait in the private establishment you're planning to use until it's ready. And, you know, clearly they weren't causing any problem, but, oh, it's some scary black men in Starbucks got to get them arrested i suppose it's just it's just a microcosm for the the general mood that seems to be in in white america anyway you know these uh oh no uh black people were in a space 
How dare they take up space? Indeed, and it's 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 I think a combination of two two factors which are just big old problems in America right now, which is racism and the rise of capitalism. You know, combined in a perfect storm here, it'd be like you cannot be black and be in this space that capitalism owns, and therefore time for arrest. Exactly, they they seem to assume that the these. Uh, these black people do not have enough money and therefore can't afford the ridiculously overpriced uh, coffee product uh, tax dodging bastards that they are uh, you know so it's, I, I'm just disgusted in general with with the state of this and I hope that uh, more white people will become offended by the the way people are think it is okay to treat black people and native people and and we need to use a positive voice to speak up and when the alt-right are going no no you're a white person you shouldn't be speaking for this it is simply them trying to distract you and get you away from the point you should be speaking up for people you should be using your voice for positive reasons and 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 i i hope that more people get angry about this and and do do something so that we can try and make sure that there is a better world with more space for black people and and everyone else because it is not a white man's world indeed and while i agree with this i will also say it's important to in tandem with that you know raise up the voices of black people talking about racism themselves and just signal boost those voices to make sure that those voices who are directly affected do get seen by as many people as possible you know Absolutely. It, in this in this case, it should be black voices that are heard first, but white people should not be afraid to speak up. In let's say, for example, that there is not another black person around, which in America seems very fucking likely in some areas. White people should not be afraid to speak up, and 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 it is the case that your principles and your morals are what you do when no when when uh, peop- no one is watching when you're not virtue signalling to a, a black person near uh, you. You know, speak up when you hear racism from f- fellow white people if you happen to be white and listening to this oh, uh, over here in our conversation somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. is is the thing? It's like if nothing else, be like, look. This thing, what happened, is racist, and here is a per- here is a black person who you should listen to talk about this issue. You Absolutely. Know, say it. Say it's racist, but also point to where people can see first-hand affected people's accounts of why it's a problem. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think there's been another productive chat that, as you mentioned, it would be probably helpful if some people overheard. Well, wouldn't that be weird? It would be very strange indeed. indeed. Anyway, it's, it's uh, lovely to, to chat here with you once again. Oh, it's always good uh, when we have the these two, three-minute char- chats. Yeah. Or, yeah. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat you, Larry. <laughs> hey. Hey, what? Do you, um... Do you get chest pain when you run for a bus? Are you, are you going to ask me if I need a bra first? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of trying to <gasps> circle around that. Yes. <laughs> okay, I need. A... I can just just dive right in there. Just. Ah, I just got thrown. You normally like. Do you need a bra? I know. I'm trying to just mix it up. What kind of bra just were you trans- offering me again? I got, I got confused there.
Well, I wasn't actually offering you a bra. I was leading into, hey, well, perhaps you need a bra, ah. and blah, 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 blah. But ah. anyway, all should that we, is dead we, now. Should we try that again from the beginning? No, it's too late. It's all dead it's now. It's never too all late. Dead. It's never too no. late. No, I poked it with a stick. It's dead. <laughs> um, yes, I need a bra. <laughs> Ooh. Do you need a bra with a giant unwieldy cooling system built in? Yes. Big fan bra. <laughs> Which finder general wants to find out if you need a particular type of bra? Ooh. Do you need a bra that drains your blood to feed itself? I do. Bracula. <laughs> do you need a bra that will let you know that it is time for a summary alcoholic beverage? Yeah. Pim's a clock bra. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, do you need a bra that will tell you if the food in your fridge has gone out of date and needs to be thrown out? Yes. That's minging bra. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a bra that will cover you in shrubs when you're tired? Yes. I'm bushed bra. <laughs> uh, do you need a bra... That will inform you when you've run out of people in your life with the name Tucker. <laughs> Have you seen where I'm going? Are you tuckered out, bruh? <laughs> tuckered out, bruh. <laughs> Which is perfect after Bush, bruh. <laughs> I, I like ones like that where you see the punchline coming and I don't even have to tell you it and you're already, you're already chuckling. <laughs> Congratulations, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> Excellently done, dear. Well, I think that's that's us done. I think, week. I think it's going to be a long one this week. <laughs> it's it's going to be a proper long one. Oh, going to be a long one. Etc. Etc. So, things, internet, stuff. Where mm. can people find you on the internet? I can be found on the internet. Whereabouts? And in real life. Oh, uh, yes, I can be found as Maniac Janiac on Twitter and on YouTube. I'm on SoundCloud.com as Janiac Magnet, where you might be listening to this. Oh. And everything I do is pretty much lodged on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Woo! What about you? Where are you? Tell us. Tell you, us you can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at Kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on... Podquisition, which is a video gamey show I do with Jim Sterling, who we mentioned earlier. I'm on Dice Funk, which is a D&D real play podcast that is is once a week. Every season's a self-contained story. Go listen to that. That's basically the things I do. Oh. Yeah, uh, I think that's everything. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed. And until next time, be a stranger.